Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast, folks. It's that time again. It's Friday morning. If you're one of my early birds, it is time to learn to earn. Last week, we talked a little bit more about motivation. We talked about negotiation. We've got some future episodes coming up on negotiations. I got some great feedback from the audience on the calls and, and some of the commentary. We talked about different ways of negotiating, how to get to the yes, how to get to the why, how to dig the information out. That's important. And that's something that I hope you take action on. For those of you that have not joined our Facebook group, one more time, you go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. In that group is where I post a lot of my live videos when I'm out in the field, I'm talking to people, things like that. If I'm making videos and you're looking for them to be posted somewhere, that's generally where they're going to be. Because when I go live on Facebook, uh, primarily I'll go live within that group. Also, we have the new Cashflow Guys podcast page on Facebook, which is just the general business page. You go on there, give me a like, I'd appreciate it. You just simply type in the words Cashflow Guys and podcast. That takes you right to that page there on Facebook. So reach out to us and support us. And uh, we're going to be streaming to a couple different pages at once, but primarily a lot of the good, the real good stuff and the stuff I don't necessarily want to go out completely in, in the public and whatnot, I will put into the Cashflow Guys community because I do have control over who's in there. I'm pretty excited today, guys. It's going to be a nostalgic episode for me, believe it or not. Uh, there is some nostalgia in my life. Now, you all know, if you heard my story, if you've been all the way back to episode one, you know that I originally got into this game as a rehabber. I was a flipper, and I was wholesaling. I think before they had a word for it uh, back then, nobody told me that I didn't have to close on the property to make money. I was out buying property, paying closing costs, and then turning around and putting a little lipstick on that pig and, and selling it. And as we did more, I got a little better at it, started actually doing some good quality rehabs and made some money, lost some money too. Regardless, still a great experience. I've been looking far and wide, looking for an expert, a true expert, what I believe is an expert. And I'm, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a tough sell, but I think I found somebody today. I know I found somebody or they wouldn't be here on hold on the show, getting ready to come on here. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Don Costa. He's, uh, Don is the host of the Flip Talk podcast, which is a relatively new podcast. And folks, you know that I'm going to be speaking at PodFest this year, and I'm also going to be at a podcast movement in California this summer. And I'm a big, I, I'm a tough sell with the podcasts. I, I believe in good sound quality, good content. I got to tell you, this is a show you need to listen to. Just go to iTunes or, or one of the other podcasters. Go to Flip Talk, just F-L-I-P, Talk. And that will get you right to his show, which we'll talk a little bit about that. Don's been in the business about 10 years, began as a wholesaler, and then switched to flipping. Don, are you with me? I am Welcome here, to yes. the show. Like I just said uh, during your intro, if you were listening there, it's been hard for me to find somebody who I feel has is 
successful in doing it. Now my partner Paige is, I'm sure you've heard the show and talking to Paige and she did a lot of rehab. She did more of the commercial end of things back in the day. She was a general contractor with apartment buildings and whatnot, but it's good to talk to somebody out in California. Boy, you've got a challenging market, but it sounds like from what I've heard that you've done pretty good out there taming that beast, so to speak. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we are in the central California Valley of um, California, so we don't have the inflated housing costs that you do in LA or the Bay Area, but we still have, you know, I guess a higher market than some of the Midwest. So, and you know, we just try to find homes, first time buyer homes, second time buyer homes that uh, we know are going to move quick, and and uh, we we take a jump at them and and do well doing it. So, That's cool. you you know, my background my background uh, is is uh, flipping twice yep. like you. You know, I got into it before before the market crashed and uh, ran a loosey goosey business and and uh, made a lot of money doing it, and then basically had my rear end handed to me when the market crashed and. And so this time around, we just we were, it was really important to set up a company that um, focused in on systems and timelines and and just running things like a business. So that's kind of where we're at today. Hey, I like the fact that you mentioned systems because that's something that, like you, I did the same thing. I ran kind of the, flying by the seat of my pants the first time around. Now I'm investing a whole new way. I'm bringing private capital into the mix. We're doing some syndication work. You know, we're we're doing it right this time. We're not taking chances, not taking unnecessary risks. So. I'm a big believer, certainly in systems. And um, have you, you? I'm sure being a systems guy, you've probably read the E Myth. I'm about halfway through, it, believe it or not. Um, I, I'm a big, I'm a big systems guy, but I'm only halfway that's through. Cool. That. Well, you've got a head start on it. That's definitely for sure. And if you haven't read the E Myth for real estate, they've got one just for real estate, which I just listened to the audio version of that a few weeks ago, and I highly recommend that book. So, ladies and gentlemen, the E Myth is a book written by Michael Gerber, and it it. it was put out several years ago as a guide for people getting into entrepreneurship. Now he's spun off and he's teamed up with uh, Dan Merrill in this case. And I can't think of the other person's name, but uh, the owners of, oh boy, it escapes me. Fortune Builders. Fortune That's builders. it. Good yeah. They teamed builders. up yeah. and they co-authored this mm -hmm. book and I've got it in audio, like I said, and I got to say, it's a pretty darn good book uh, because it pertains directly to real estate. Now it, it just, it, and I'm glad that I hear that, you know, systems folks, for those of you that are listening, that's one of the things that I lacked as a rehabber. Now, when you talk about systems, Don, you're, you're buying materials, I'm sure, in some sort of bulk, or you've got plans in place. So you're not, when you're coming into a flip, kind of, can you give us like the 10,000 yard view? You've kind of already have a picture of what you're going to do as you go in or what's that looking like? Yeah. You know, um, we, just made a change in our business recently. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what we were doing and then what we're doing now. But basically we essentially uh, set up a system where we actually don't buy any materials. Um, we have built relationships with contractor crews. Now, now contractors in this business, as you know, I think, I think whether you're buying whole guy or rehabber, getting a good contractor stuff. Oh boy, yes. That's kind of the first, yeah, that's kind of the first part of, of building um, any kind of system is building the right team. Um, you can't execute anything without the right team. So we, we worked really, really long and hard to find and keep and, and kind of um, coach and get these contractors to where we needed them to be. Um, and now we have four good teams that primarily do all of our business. So um, with that said, you know, originally we had about three color palettes that we'd right. use regularly. And um, we just go in and say, this is this is going to be color palette B, this is going to be color palette C or A or whatever. And they go through and they would do, um, you know, whatever it is we're going to do to the property. And so we had a really good 
grasp on on cost and so on and so forth. And that's part of the system we use for kind of um, just having kind of structure in our pricing and our rehab. We, you know, we recently changed, we brought in a designer. Um, we pay her a small fee for each property. And she, what she does is we've set a budget for materials. Um, so X amount for, for tile or X amount for granite. And she goes in and she finds the colors and the styles that she feels is going to fit that property best in that price point. And then, so that way our, you know, our, our, um, costs don't really change on our project. Just now we're producing a better project in the sense that, um, you know, it's not a kind of a cookie cutter or rehab that everybody knows is ours. Every property is different now and has its own little touch and fit. So if it's a Spanish style exterior, you know, may have a Spanish style rehab. If it's going to be, you know, something that looks a little more modern, it's going to have more of a modern feel than we originally did. So the importance, if you've kind of noticed is we have really worked to fine tune what our cost and materials should be for each project. And, um, you know, we've also fine tuned what our cost for labor should be for each aspect of the project. And that hasn't changed. That's, that's the, you know, you get into, do you buy materials or do you, do you change your color scheme for each project and so on and so forth? That's all relative to, can you control the cost of labor and the cost of material while right. doing any of that? Yep, that absolutely. Makes sense. I love the fact Now I wish I had something I would have thought about back when I was rehabbing is hiring a designer because <laughs> let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a dude. I don't have a, <laughs> I have no business picking out colors. That's kind of what Jill does when we bring out a new apartment building online is she goes out and does all the design stuff because that's so not my thing. And Don, I, I'm sure you probably walk a lot of other people's from time to time. And maybe you've even bought some of other people's failed projects because there's probably more rookies out there in the world uh, doing, trying to do this unsuccessfully as there are people like yourself that are doing it right. You've got a system in place. You're taking the steps to be smart about it and you're coming out on top uh, most or all the time. The, how the designer, I can just, it's, I don't even know what to say about that. I just can't believe how I have, you know, sometimes the little things are the things that I tend to skip over. It's like that are so right. magnificent in, in the result, the end result of what happens because that's as an agent, I'm also a licensed realtor. My audience knows this. And you know, one thing I see a lot in rehabs is people, you walk in the house and it's like got burgundy walls and you can still smell fresh paint. And I don't think that a lot of the rehabbers right. they're they're not rehabbing to the end user. Do you find a lot of that out in California where they're not taking the steps they're, they're thinking they're doing what they think is pretty, but not necessarily what the buying audience thinks is pretty? Yeah. You know, you do see that a lot. You do see people personalizing or, you know, we, we try to keep everything neutral to a certain degree, even with the designer. Um, it's, you know, it's gray tones or it's brown tones. It's, it's, it's still in, in a neutral Right. neutral frame. If you, there, there are several things that happen if you, you try to, um, be too specific in what you're doing, um, or you try to do what you would like to see in a house. One is you're going to alienate a lot of your buyer pool. Um, if you go too specific and the other thing is, um, you're going to over rehab. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you end up spending a lot of money you didn't intentionally spend because you just got to have this upgraded granite or you just got to have this life fixture that's $200 more than you budgeted for. And, what people don't realize is, you know, $50 here doesn't seem like a big deal and $25 there and $100 over there doesn't seem like a big deal. But through the course of a project that can become thousands of dollars and really change whether or not you're going to make money. So it's important to to stay within kind of a neutral box. Like I said, we have fixed cost 
our designer goes out and sources the material, sources the colors, puts kind of a palette together, makes sure it all works, and it's within what we expect it to be as far as budget goes. And then we stay within that box. You know, we don't, you know, we might maybe get into a project and think, man, if we move that wall, we can sell this for $10,000 right. more. And it's only going to cost us, you know, $1,500 to move that wall. We might do that. But you're not going to see us go, you know what, if we just spent that extra $200 in that granite piece, it would look so much better. No, that right. doesn't fly. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. I guess the exception would be right. if you're doing something really high end. But even then, I, I see your point because who's to say you don't, you haven't identified yet who your end customer really is. I mean, you know, neutral, you, you're safe. Like you said, if you're with the grays and the, and the earth tones and things like that, you really won't get hurt because that'll appeal to, well, number one, everybody's furniture. But, um. Number right. two, it's easy to expand off of that the little bit I know about design, at least what my wife's taught me. Yeah, I find that, that pretty interesting. And what type of market time do you guys usually experience on your flips out there? Once, once you've got them done and, and they're 100% ready to the time you get them sold, what's a reasonable expectation that a, a rehabber should have? Well, okay, so when you're, if you're asking when we list the property, it's the time we actually get, a, get it right. in contract. Our, our average is probably, you know, most of the properties will list on on, a, on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and we'll have them in contract by the following Wednesday wow. or Thursday. Um, that's that's pretty much where we're at consistently. Every once in a while, we'll get one that goes out a couple of weeks, uh, but on a, on average, we're about a week before we're in contract. And most of that's just negotiating if we have multiple offers or we've countered something. Um, but we essentially we try to price. We really, really try to price where we get an offer the first weekend, and you know we try to uh, do the rehab in a manner that we get an offer the first weekend. Um, my business is run on time, you know, and, and just to kind of like elaborate on that, like everything we do is based on annualized ROI and, and speed and, and for several reasons. Um, one is because if you're working with investor capital, the more times you can put that money to use in a year, the more they're going to make. So whether I'm JV and joint venturing where I do a profit split with an investor or, I'm paying, say, you know, 8% and, you know, a point or two interest. I'm more valuable to that investor if I can put that money back to work three times in a year versus the guy that, you know, takes eight months to rehab yeah, a project. Right. You know, that's one reason. Number two, obviously, the more consistent we are with our time, the more consistent our income is internally. And cash flow to a business is so important. And then, of course, number three, you and I being through the crash, we know that there no market is forever. Nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, if, if I can turn a property in, in an average of a hundred days, you know, basically three months and 10 days, then that's not a long time to be in a project. So if there's any kind of in, inclination that there's going to be a shift in the market, I'm going to be able to react right. to that. So, um, versus if I'm in a project for eight months, you know, and they're, you know, I'm halfway through my rehab and I'm not controlling my timeline of my rehab and there's a change in the market, I could end up losing my butt by the time I get to the end of that project versus, you know, I might get, lose a little bit of my profit if I'm quick, you know, I could lose all of my profit if I'm not quick. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons now, to manage time. I'm glad you brought that up because I've got that a little bit going on in my market. I've got one, one rehabber that, well, this person has they bought two dozen houses from me in the last year. And I'm a little scared because I've, I've explained to them, Hey, you know, guys, you might want to think about getting some of this stuff, <laughs> these rehabs done and getting this stuff moved because if we don't know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace. Not so much that prices are, are necessarily hyperinflated. I think we're back close to where we were in uh, before pre-crash. Some, it depends on what market you're in, of course. And 
what people's opinion is, but at least in my market, we're almost back to where we were in, in 06, 07. However, this time I see many different factors. You know, back then it was, okay, the mortgage crisis and, and when the things that hyperinflated the market, but now we've got issues with the, the stock markets taking, going like wildfire, that things are going one day and then it's going down. We've just had an election, all these different things. Besides turning in 100 days, which is, that's, that's impressive, that's strong. That definitely shows me that you've got systems in place because most of the people I know in, in my market, they're more like the eight-month guy. Um, what are a right. couple other, just a couple of tips that, that can help people kind of make decisions as far as we know we have some, some uncertainty around the corner. What are some steps that you're taking to kind of mitigate that risk a little bit? Well, first and foremost, um, I, I, you know, I want to say that I'm of the opinion that we actually, I, I think, especially in, in my market, we have some upside. So I'm managing and mitigating my risk because that's what you do as a smart businessman. But I'm betting on an upside to a certain degree because I think that as they start to creep interest rates up a little bit, um, I think a lot of people who have been sitting on the fence renting are going to jump into the buyer pool in a panic to get a hold of properties that they're afraid that they're going to get priced out of with the interest rates. So, and that's kind of what we're seeing in our market right now. Suddenly properties that we might've got one or two offers on, you know, in a weekend we're getting seven or eight offers on. So there's a little bit of that going on already with the, I think the election and some of the things that have happened. So, but primarily it's just, you know, essentially the rest of it is just managing your business, man. I mean, we, we don't, make square pegs fit in round holes. If the numbers don't work, we don't do the project. We just don't. And we have our buying criteria and, you know, it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, do 70% minus your rehab. Um, that's not, we, we operate off a percentage. We want to make 15% cash right. on cash. You know, that's kind of our goal on a, every project we do. And so we have a lot, a little formula that tells us whether or not that we're going to accomplish that. And if that number is there or better, we do the project. And if it's, if it's below that, there are some factors where we'll do a little below that, but essentially if it's below that, it's a no go. And so first and foremost, it's just, it's buying, right? Having a formula, having a criteria for buying that you don't deviate from every time I've even had the inclination to deviate from our buying criteria, it hasn't worked out well for me. So set your standard, buy, right? manager process, manager costs. We have pre-negotiated costs with all of our contractors. We're well aware of what our, you know, what their, I should say it's ours, but it's their product costs are going to be, you know, as far as what paint's going to be, baseboard, carpet. We know what, what their actual costs are and we know our price is a wholesale price. You know, it's a very per, fair price where we're making money, they're right. making money. And so that's controlled. And then our timelines are controlled. So None of us have a crystal sure, ball, you know, and none of us, yeah, none of us have a magic wand that says that we're going to protect ourselves. So, but what we try to do is just run it like a business. We don't deviate. We don't, we don't speculate. Like right now I know in my market, I'm getting multiple offers, but that's not going to change my buying criteria. I'm not deviating from that thinking, well, if I buy this at 10% at cash on cash return and I take an extra month to get it on the market, then maybe it'll be a 15% yeah. by then. That's crack logic yes. to me. Yes. <laughs> so, I say that again. Goodness. So, yeah, I agree. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the, the best advice I can give everybody is whether you're a wholesaler, a buy and hold guy, a flipper, at the end of the day, this is a business. It's in a business where you got to make sure that you are, ha you have all your controls in place and you run it like a business. And if you're doing that, um, then you should you know, be able to at least react properly to market changes. You can't always control or say you're not ever going to lose 
but you can react properly, which means you can mitigate any losses or issues you're going to run into. For you, you, you've been doing this a decade. You know what you're doing. You've got a system. You've got teams in place and, and all these things working. I see a lot of investors and being in the, in the coaching arena and, of course, having the show. I'm sure you get these phone calls, too. A lot of people are – everybody still wants to get into the flipping game. A lot of new folks out there that – and I'm finding that because I take a lot of these calls as a realtor as well – they just got to get a deal. They got to get something there. You just talked about coming up with your criteria, sticking to it. And they are just hell bent for election on, they got to get something. They, they got to have a project to work on because they're afraid that their crews will go work for somebody else. And what's a little piece of advice that you could give to these people being kind of a, I'll call you the, the senior rehabber, the senior uh, fix and flip guy of, of my network anyway, right now, what do you say to these people? How do I, how do you, reach out to them, word of caution. I see that around here too. You know, I see guys just, just basically buying stuff that just keep their crews busy, whether or not they make right. money, right? I, I just see that as a recipe for disaster. You know, one of the reasons why I got annihilated in the crash was because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't paying attention to my business and I was, I was just living on the edge. You know, I was kind of, kind of had that same mindset. I, I was arrogant. I was like, you know, you put me in any market in the United States, anywhere, and I can, I can wholesale a property, make 10 grand, no big deal. And, uh, you, there's just really, there's, it doesn't work that way, right? There's no way to um, run a business. Like if you're running a McDonald's or you're running car wash or, or any business, are you just going to, they call them loss leaders, right? Yeah. In retail. Are you just going to do loss leaders all the time? You know, how are you ever going to make money? So in retail, if you drop a coupon that's a loss leader and somebody comes in and buys that and you're going to lose $5, but they're going to spend, you know, $200 and you're going to, you're going to sure, end up profiting, you know, a hundred bucks. That makes sense. But in flipping, doing loss leaders, basically, as, as I'll refer to them from this point, how does that have an upside? There's no advantage to that. It's, it's really just, you know, you're putting your money to work with no return. And if anything happens in the market, you're going to lose their, your butt. And all I can say is from my experience, watching these people do this, it's like a house of cards just waiting yeah, to absolutely. fall. Absolutely. You know, the wind, the wind blows the wrong way and they're coming down. So don't be desperate to do a deal. You know, I mean, that's, and that's, you know, somebody new and even somebody seasoned, you know, we all go through that. You know, we do a pretty, pretty decent volume. We buy, we put properties in contract almost every day. So even for me, it's like, if I go a day without putting a property in contract, I'm like, man, am I losing Start my twitching. game? <laughs> a little twitchy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is, is it all right. over? You know, we all are human. We all go through that. Right. But you got to fight that instinct. It's business. And you got to run it like a business. That's what I'll go back to. If it doesn't make sense, don't do it. You know, just don't take the the risk. That's that's the the big thing. It's it's better to have passed on a deal and had that deal make money than done the deal and had it lose. It's better. They what, what's that saying? You your your money's made in the the deals exactly. you don't do. You know. Exactly. And because those are the ones that are going to take you out of business if you're not careful. So my advice is just don't just keep your head on your shoulders, run like a business and know that the right deal will come. And then the other thing too, is a lot of people, they're limited on their capital resources. So why tie up your capital on something that's not going to get you the return or that you're hoping to get a return? I, I don't know how many times I have, you know, cause I'm human, right? I've thought, okay, maybe I'll square peg around, hold this one. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then like two days later, a home run lands right. on my plate. And, you know, had I have done that and tied up that capital, you know, I may or may not have been in a position to do the home run. So, um, 
you got to think logically. The good deals are going to come. You just got to stay focused and work for it and wait for it. And if you're patient, you'll be rewarded. That's good advice. That is good, solid advice. And, I, and unfortunately, I hear a lot of people coming in with their initial plan. Some guru taught them is, well, we're going to teach you how to flip for a while. And then once you flip for you know a couple of years, you're going to save up millions of dollars. And then you're going to go out and buy a couple apartment buildings at the end. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How about you focus on maybe be a hard money lender for an experienced flipper? <laughs> Learn from them for right. a while and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but you know, go out and get involved in somebody else's project, add value to somebody like you, for example, and maybe they would come in as a hard money lender or uh, some sort of a capital partner to gain some experience, even though they're more of a spectator, obviously, because you can't take all your time educating the world on how to flip, but Get some edu some practical education first, am I correct? Yeah, you know, or just know that you're not gonna have things go smoothly and be okay with that. And and you know, for you and me, I don't think we'd be okay with that necessarily. I I um you know, when I started, you know, I started with a guy who basically said, I'll put up the money and you go out and find the project projects and we'll split the profit. And it was kind of a sweet deal because he actually, you know, he funded the rehab, he found the rehabbers, uh, the contractors. And I got to kind of see that firsthand. I got to see the process. I got to see what he was doing and why he was doing it. And one of the things that I've been kind of good at is I'll watch somebody's operation and I'll see, okay, what are they doing right and what are they doing wrong? And what would I do differently? And then I go and implement it into mine in the future. So I got to see that and kind of learn how he was doing things and how I would probably do them differently. And then so by the time I did my very first rehab where I ran on my own, um, I had had the idea, the foundation of, okay, things got to be done in this order. These are some of the people I can call to get the work done and so on and so forth. So I would say that if you can partner with somebody in that, that capacity, that would be good. Or like you said, you do a private money loan to somebody who's flipping and ask questions. You know, I have investors, private investors I work with that they walk the projects on a weekly basis and ask me, you know, why you do this, why you do that, that kind of thing. And so they, over the years, have gotten to know how and why I do things and, and how I run my operation. And, and so I, I think if they went out and tried to flip one on their own, they would probably have a pretty good grasp, but it's a great way to learn too. So there's a lot of ways to do it. The other way is you go out there and just know that you're probably going to get annihilated in your first deal. And if you're willing to pay for that education, just make sure you're in a position to pay right. for that education, but don't go out there and think that you're going to hit it on the park on your first one. If you do, that's great. That's great. But that's not everybody. And you got to, again, mitigate yeah, that's for <laughs> that sure. risk. One of my, one so. of my mentors, John Schaub, he, he talks about, he calls that a, a seminar. You go out and you know you're going to make a mistake. Right. It's going to cost you 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever it's going to cost you. Well, there's your seminar tuition. <laughs> but at least you got that exactly. hands-on experience in the process. Don, you know, when I was doing some research right. for the show, I, I stumbled across your five-minute flip. Can you, we got a few minutes left. Can you talk about five-minute flip real quick? I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, five-minute flip's a, it's a project we've been kind of putting together where we're going to be doing, um, you know, little mini videos on what we actually encounter on our projects and, uh, you know, how we go about solving those things. So it's not going to be a fluff piece. It's not going to be, Hey, here's a walkthrough of my project. It's going to be, we opened up this wall. We found this. That's cool. And you know, these are some of the solutions we have and this is the one we chose and this is why. And so it's going to be kind of like your five minute tip of the day type of thing, but it's going to be your five minute flip. And so we're going to be releasing it after probably, I would say after the end of the first quarter this year and we'll get it out there and hopefully people and will like it. the best way for people to get over there is the word, it's spelled out the word five minute and flip. 
You can do five number five minute flip. You can do the the word five minute flip. It will okay. all take you That's there. The dot com. So yeah, five minute flip dot com. Cool. Yeah, so absolutely. ladies and gentlemen, five minute flip dot com. Either use the word or the number, the number five or the word five minute flip dot com. Want to watch Don walk through some of his projects? Register, I'm sure, and then um, you'll get access to that information. So that's pretty cool, and uh, that's outstanding. And what's the best way to reach you overall? If somebody wants to learn more about what you're doing, maybe invest in one of your projects or something like that. Is there? Do you have a standalone website as well besides the five minute flip, or is that it? You can contact me at Don at FlipDoc.com, okay. and you know I do reply to that. So anybody who has any questions or, or you know wants to talk about doing some business together, that's a great way to get a hold of me. Um, we have. We have a couple different Facebook pages. One is um, Strategic REI, facebook.com slash Strategic REI. And that is the company we flip under. And so we don't post every flip we do on there, but we post some progress pictures and finish pictures of some of our flips and, and different things in that segment or in that on that page. So you can go check out some of our work. Um, and then we also uh, have a page at uh, Flip Talk REI, which is facebook.com slash Flip Talk REI. And uh, we're going to start, we haven't got a lot of information on there yet, but we're going to start really interacting with that page a lot. So it's a good, that's where you're going to be able to kind of interact and, and learn more and ask questions. Awesome. So. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time today to come out and uh, give us an education. I think that was a great episode and I think it was tons of value. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to learn more about what Don Costa has to offer. As I just said a few minutes ago, go to 5minuteflip.com. And of course, uh, you can reach out to Don directly at Don at fliptalk.com. That's Don at fliptalk.com. I'll make sure that I have this contact information in the show notes. So if you're on an iPhone or you're on an Android, look down at the show notes. I will make these linkable. You can click on the links and reach out to Don directly. And of course, you can reach him one more time at strategicrei.com. You want to follow his progress on his on his projects and kind of get a little bit of uh, information in your brain and a little experience under your belt, maybe living vicariously through Don and his team. Don, thank you so much for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. Thank have you. a good day, folks. And uh, just to wrap it up, if you have any other questions for me, not related to flipping, of course, Don would be the expert now. I've, I'm going to pass the torch to him permanently for, for the rehab piece of it. But uh, if you have questions about buy and hold, uh, raising private capital notes, things like that, you just get stuck. You're trying to figure out how to get started. Go to cashflowguys.com. That's cashflowguys.com. Put a forward slash ask Tyler. That's A S K T Y L E R, cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. That gives you a link to my calendar. You are more than welcome to book a time on there that fits your schedule. That will give you a free 30 minute consultation with me. Hopefully, I can help get you unstuck, get you pointing in the right direction. That's your opportunity uh, to communicate with me directly. Also, as a reminder, we're doing coffee with the Cashflow Guys. That is a weekly on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Sorry for you in California, but Friday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern time. If you want to register for that event, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. Cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. That will give you, uh, once you register, you'll get a link to join that uh, video chat and you can talk directly with me. You can kind of be a fly in the wall if you want to. If you have questions, you want to get them answered or listen to the questions that are being asked by the audience gives you a great opportunity to, number one, engage with me, engage with your fellow investors, have a good time while you're doing it. And if you are registered and you cannot make the events, I understand a lot of you are working, uh, recorded episodes are going to be available on the website for those that are registered users. So if you want to register, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee, and we will see you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. 
Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.